0: Did a lot of like side projects, and I even during high school, I was part of um design groups where we would like design buildings and learn CAD software like all by myself. And I was kind of that was my path. And then my dad told me, He's like, you know, architecture, it's it's hard to get a job in architecture, maybe you should do engineering. And I looked into it a little bit, I looked into the process of becoming an architect and the long road. So I was like, okay, I'll start doing engineering, and then I'll go into architecture afterwards. So I you know, went to UBC, applied to engineering, um, didn't get in anywhere else except UBC. So I was like, it was meant to be. So I went to UBC, I was planning to go into civil engineering. Um, I was like dead set, okay, I'm gonna do civil. And then I did an internship uh, after my first year of university with a civil engineer and it was the most boring thing <laughs> at least for me i was like i cannot do this for the rest of my life
1: Evan, you know how astronauts have those like big helmets that help them breathe in the vacuum of outer space how do you think they scratch their noses
0: it's a great great question um maybe sticking like a pencil up there their helmet, or I don't know, rubbing their face
1: against it. Yeah, they're not. They're not. They're, they are they actually rub their face against it. So I took oh, yeah? this up, and apparently they use this foam pad in their helmets to do it, or they like you know MacGyver by like scratching their head on the on the mic. um yeah, but it yeah. really rustles my jimmies when the thing keeping me alive presents me from uh, prevents me from getting the sweet sweet relief of the uh, of, a, of a nose itch. But um, um, this is fixed. Welcome oh, to How It's med the podcast. <laughs> Or we sometimes talk about nose itches, but most importantly, or we chat with people who are shaping the future of Caltech, uh, and healthcare. My name is Jeff. And this time we have the CEO of Clarivet, Arpen Grover with us. Arpen, how are you doing? I'm doing great. How are you guys? Uh, solid mid, solid mid. As, uh, yeah. as I, as I said, I am exhausted, but it is okay because I am talking with you in your wonderfully mm-hmm. backlit office.
0: <laughs> yeah. I mean, been here all day been here all monday morning and it's been tiring it been in the lab all day but i'm excited to talk to you guys
1: i mean i mean apart apart from being in the lab and like mm-hmm. what else do you do it i mean are you are you just like 24 hours ceo <laughs>
0: <laughs> no i mean i try to take breaks as much as i can um in terms of like my working day it'll be waking up normal time um whenever the workday starts could be a meeting at 7am
2: <laughs> like a normal <laughs> time could
0: be like a 7am meeting or it could be like 10am so it just depends on usually when my first meeting is and if i have no meetings in the morning i'll usually I'd try to get up around nine um and a lot of my work is done here in burnaby at bcit so i'll come in um if there's any lab work to do i'll, I'll start doing that and we're doing a lot of prototyping right now so we've received some feedback from physicians on our product and it doing some iterations on that so 60% of my time will be doing lab work here at BCIT but then um, the other 40% will be talking to customers, so that would be like talking to doctors talking to people at the hospital, so people part of the decision making process the buying process or uh, talking with potential partners, with manufacturers um, talking with podcast people like you guys so doing like outreach and pr that's also a big part of it um just to get the word out about claire event and um because we're always looking to you know partner with people and also constantly raising money as well to keep us afloat so yeah, a lot is like a lot of different things going on at once yeah
1: yeah you sound like you're wearing like three hats but before mm-hmm. you before you wore those three hats Arpin, you and i met when you, we, we were in Cosmic, which was basically an open source collaborative mm-hmm. group of engineers and physicians and many other professionals that aimed to design and implement solutions to problems facing our healthcare systems during the first wave of COVID. And I never really asked you this. Was engineering always your first choice? It
0: actually wasn't. My first choice was architecture and architecture. I, I wanted to do something creative and it wasn't... Um, my dad was in construction, so I always saw him like designing buildings and I was like helping him out doing, um, all this construction stuff. And I really liked it watching him did, like do these drawings and design these buildings. I'm like, I want to go into architecture. And that was me at like five years old. I was just always into it. Uh, yeah, I know. Uh, and then I did a lot of like side projects and I, even during high school, I was. Part of um, design groups where we would like design buildings and learn CAD software, like all by myself. And I was kind of that was my path. And that my dad told me, he's like, you know, architecture, it's, it's hard to get a job in architecture. Maybe you should do engineering. And I looked into it a little bit. I looked into the process of becoming an architect and the long road. So I was like, okay, I'll start doing engineering and then I'll go into architecture afterwards. So I, you know, went to UBC. Uh, applied to engineering um didn't get in anywhere else except UBC so I was like it was meant to be so I went to UBC I was planning to go into civil engineering um I was like dead set okay I'm gonna do civil and then I did an internship uh after my first year of university with a civil engineer and it was the most boring thing at least for me I was like I Cannot do this for the rest of my life. So that summer, as I was filling up my like applications for second year specialization, I switched to biomed because it was a new program and it was something. It, it was just something exciting, and I saw a lot of potential for creativity there as well. Because um, that was kind of my like guiding guiding light, or uh, kind of. I didn't care what I did as long as it was creative at that point. Um, so. Uh, engineering was great, but in civil engineering, I felt like it was very monotonous. Uh, in biomedical engineering, I felt there was a lot more opportunity for innovation.
2: How does architecture relate to biomedical engineering? Like in, in your head, head, there must be a link attached to you know? Um, not a lot.
0: The, so the reason I chose biomed was because I spent a lot of time in the hospital and A lot of my family are physicians as well. And I was just surrounded by that med lifestyle for uh, a long time.
2: Uh,
0: (laughs) Yeah. So it was like something I was really aware of. So it it wasn't, I guess, the tie between architecture and engineering was just those are the two professions in my family. Um, Medicine, medicine my uncle's side, my cousins all in medicine, and then um, construction, my sister's in like infrastructure, law, my dad is in construction. So those are the two things I've been exposed to my whole life. So I wanted to do something related to either of those. Um, Mm -hmm. And first it was architecture, and then last minute switch to biomed. I think
2: my question is more along the lines of do you think there's a way to combine both? Hmm. It's uh,
0: interesting. I, you know, I've, I've thought of this before where I'm like, I really want to do something in architecture still, but I couldn't think of any way to actually combine architecture and um, biomed specifically like medical devices. So,
2: hospital. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I mean,
0: personally. Man. like, I mean, on. but that's, that's a whole different. That's not, that's not like biomedical engineering. Hospital.
2: No,
0: but oh, like the, biomedical build, engineer. the no, but the building, the building itself, that's the architecture of it. And then the, I guess the layout would be architecture, but then the actual devices being used within the Please.
2: hospital. I don't know if that ties More into about, the like, actual. Manipulating the physical space? Sure. Or like working work with that it, it, with a biomedical lens, like that gives you a very big upside, That's, I feel. I don't know. I know. So, <laughs> like,
1: I've I... heard that defined as clinical engineering versus biomedical engineering. But I mean, okay. So, Fair, yeah. is, is, get back to the path Let's get back to that. <laughs> okay. So, so, yeah. no, so. You joined the biomedical engineering stream at UBC when it first started. So I mean, yeah. as, as a newfound student or as a new student in a newfound program, what were the struggles and benefits of of joining this like entirely like mm-hmm. novel environment? Um, it was interesting because
0: the there's a lot of feedback. There's like a <laughs> big, it was just the whole program just felt like a big feedback loop. So the teachers would the, the professors would teach something to us and then a month later, they'd ask for our feedback, say, like, how is it going? Do you like how the program's going? And then we would give a whole bunch of feedback to them. Um, We would have, like, every two months, we'd have a, a town hall. So usually, programs will have town halls every semester. They kind of, for our first year, they condensed it to, like, doing it every two months, just so they could really modify the program as, as it's going through. So that that part was really nice. Um But being the first program, those modifications didn't really come directly to us. It was more the years after us. Um, so there was some stuff that worked really well where the, the classes were great. The stuff we were learning, it was a good balance of um, new knowledge versus good critical thinking. But then um, there was some stuff which was a bit too fast paced where the professors, they were kind of used to teaching more grad level classes or were used to teaching med classes. So the teaching style was a bit different um, uh, and didn't really, wasn't really conducive to uh, engineering teaching. So. And then on the other side was some classes were a bit too easy. So I feel like they underestimated our ability and didn't give us, uh, I guess, enough work to do. Where I, I, I guess that's how I felt, where some classes felt like a waste of time, where I was going through them, but I didn't really feel like I was learning anything. Um, so overall, I think it was great where there was a combination of a lot of different perspectives being, um, given like med school lectures, but also given engineering lectures, communications lectures. And, um, but at the same time, it felt a bit overwhelming as well, where you're, yeah, you, you kept, you kept have to switching your brain. And every time you go a different lecture, you have to, it's a different teaching style, different examination style, different learning style. So that part was a bit challenging, but overall, the learning was, Pretty top quality.
1: Yeah, I mean, I feel like that program was pretty popular overall, despite the fact that it was completely novel. Uh, because mm-hmm. you're in that new milieu of people wanting to join in on this new like buzz. What do you think kind of drew people together towards that new program, even though it was completely untested and at some points probably probably a bit early in its development? Mm-hmm. Honestly, it was. I think for
0: me especially was the like the cool aspect of it, like, ooh, biomedical engineering, so many possibilities. Um, like, I feel like it was kind of kind of a buzzword, honestly, where you can go into this program and start, kind of mix your love of biology and engineering. Um, a lot of us, when we were going through the program, we kind of felt like it wasn't exactly what we wanted to do after a while because... Um, for someone like me, I wanted to work in like med devices, but the actual hands-on experience wasn't there. A lot of it was theoretical and a lot of it was like in cellular development or in tissue engineering. Um, whereas maybe I'd be better off doing like mechatronics, for example, or mechanical engineering, electrical engineering, um, to work in medical devices. So there was a bit of, uh, like this false promise, I'd say, but. I think what, back to the question, like what drew people to it, <laughs> um, I think it was mainly that, uh, just the buzzword of it, of biomedical engineering and also a lot of media coverage as well of, uh, when we joined, I think it was, I guess it was a year before COVID, but there's a lot of stuff around prosthetics, um, that was happening around then, um, with like humanoid robots coming out and um prosthetic limbs um i think that was a big hype around there I, at least a lot of the people that i talked to wanted to go into prosthetics um that wasn't really where i wanted to be but um prosthetics was a big area that that drew a lot of people in i, don't know, I, I, I think that's, that's uh, it's an
2: interesting thing because uh i mm-hmm. did elect biomed hmm uh and then now I'm wrapping up uh Masters. Uh, I worked okay. on a medical mm-hmm. devices through both. But probably mm-hmm. worked at five, six toilet. Plus two and three. And mm-hmm. the 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 take here is I think this whole biomedical engineer that you receive, their focus is more cellular than like mm-hmm. um, let's call it Electro engineer. Because once, once you go into biomedical engineering, you're just opened up sort of like a, a treat. You know, there's mm-hmm. so many different ways to to, to engage the human yeah. with the engineer, yeah. or you're just at that interface level. That's what makes it cool to me. Mm-hmm. So, Mister there's part of the question: What kinds of medical devices would you like on? Um, I was,
0: so I was actually in, um, I have this condition called bladder extrophy and it, I was born with like my bladder outside of my body and I use a lot of, um, I use catheters to, um, urinate, but I also have a lot of friends that use a lot of other devices like ostomy bags and, um, what else? Like a lot of people doing enemas. So there's, these, there's all these devices that are surrounding uh, my condition. And that's where I first wanted to go into, like working with uh, like catheter development or ostomy development. And I actually did a, I was working on an ostomy bag. That was like the first project um, that I was working on. Um, and that that was what drew me into it. But then once I got into the program, I learned of all the other possibilities uh, with biomedical engineering. And uh, it really opened up my perspective on the like, what the challenges are in, in biomedical engineering right now. Um, so I got really interested in like brain um, like brain and device interfaces. So whether that be um, like neural stance or like active neural stance, passive neural stance, um, things for aneurysms, um, things to actually control the brain to help with um, the Alzheimer's or depression or things like that. So I, I got interested in that area and I did some work in that at local company here called Evasks. They were developing, uh, there is a passive stent for um, neural aneurysms, but uh, in the future where I want to go with this is in that area of developing like active active neural stents. I find that area super cool.
2: I'm sorry. It's a great circumstance bro. Mm-hmm. He he Cause to to king. still He's on it. I hey, I don't know if I should go delve deeper and like buy biometric side or like what do you think? I don't know. Um, we I'll feel comfortable like engaging further here or like should I switch topics?
0: Um, yeah, we we can we can switch. Maybe add some add some variety.
2: Sure. Yeah. So tell me about cosmic like i've heard of it i
0: just yeah so cosmic started 2020 covid i think i joined in march i'm not exactly sure what date it started but around that time like peak of covid and um it started off with this gravity ventilator project so it started with dr chris guan at ubc um along with two of his students i believe um, one was a doctor and another engineer. So they came together and their goal was to make a ventilator for this global challenge that was happening at the time. Um, so their goal was to bring together as many people as possible, that being doctors, engineers, lawyers, business professionals, anyone that could help essentially to accelerate the development of a low-cost, ventilator um i joined in kind of at the end stage of the development of this ventilator but the group grew so large that there was i mean i th- think at, th- at its peak it was probably like 150 or 200 correct me if i'm wrong jeff um but because of that there was so many ideas floating around and so many s- problems that were uh coming up from the doctors in the group being like, Oh, we need this. And there's a shortage here. We need help here. Like, can you help us? One of the things, um, I mean, there's a lot of things that got developed during that time in cosmic. One of them was a, uh, oxygen concentrator, um, a snorkel mask adapter for as a PPE. Uh, and there was a lot of just project ideas that were coming and going as well. Like a prototype would get built and it wouldn't really go anywhere. Um, and then everything was open sourced. That was one kind of mission of Cosmic, where they wanted to develop these devices, open source them, and then focus on outreach and advocacy around them to kind of spread awareness, uh, so they can be used on site. And all the build instructions would be there. Um, they would make sure that it's like can be made with simple materials that are available in most places. Uh, so one of the pro- one of the things that was developed during Cosmic uh, by myself and, um, kind of the support from the whole group was the bubble helmet. And that's what I'm working on now with the helmet based ventilation. And during that time, we, the development was so rapid. I think in four months we had a functional prototype that we had tested with like tens, 20, like almost 20 physicians actually getting their hands on it. Um, and that kind of showed me the, the there were just so many people passionate about something and it accelerated the development so fast where we created this product, open sourced it and started, you know, talking to people in India, talking to people in Brazil, sharing our designs. being like, Hey, we've like, we have these designs and you can start building it right now and start using it. We actually had some people in India who recreated our designs, people in Bangladesh as well and in Brazil. Um, didn't have any usage, but it was a definitely a good step. And then we also um, published all our designs on GitHub and uh, IEEE uh, Journal as well. So that's where Cosmic kind of ended. So at the end of, um, I wouldn't say at the end of COVID, COVID's still around, but at the end of the kind of Fear and shortages that COVID caused. Um, Cosmic didn't really have that purpose anymore. So I think just recently they wrapped up, but there was a few spinoff companies from Cosmic. So one was ours, uh, it's Claire event, and another one, um, that was developing the oxygen concentrator. They also spun off of, uh, spun off of Cosmic and I'm not really sure where they're at. We, we'll meet like every couple of months, but they, they're really focused on development right now. They're looking for some like R and D grant. Last time I talked to them, um, much more complicated project. Ours was a lot simpler. So we had some money from Cosmic that we uh, like got through donations and grants. Um, and we saw this opportunity of being able to take this device that we developed so quickly, which is so rare in the medical field. Um, and actually take it to market relatively, uh, relatively quickly.
1: So where were you in your learning along your like undergrad career when this whole little thing about Clarifin happened? And right. what did it feel like to go back into your undergrad after experiencing what really was an accelerated art development cycle during mm-hmm. what, is, what has been one of the greatest healthcare crises in the world? that, that mm-hmm. we remember
0: yeah i so i joined cosmic during my co-op term i wasn't having a great time in co-op during that summer because <laughs> it wasn't what i wanted to do i was working i was supposed to be working in a lab but because of covid it got it went remote and then the pi i was working with wasn't really supporting me that well so i had a lot of free time um so that was my first co-op term after a third year of university when I joined cosmic and it was honestly perfect timing because we had learned all this like theoretical stuff, how to develop a medical device. Um, but I didn't really get to apply it and then cosmic kind of forced me to apply it. And it was really nice as well, seeing where like what skills I had learned as compared to, um, people in other engineering fields. So a lot of the, medical device development process is it's similar to other device development but there's other like there's standards you have to follow and like risk management that you have to do and quality systems you have to follow so we actually learned all that um, during our degree and it was great to be able to apply that to um, developing at cosmic so that was sweet and then clairevent started I want to say, yeah, it was May 2021. I'm trying to see where that falls into my, to my degree. I guess fourth year. May 2021. Yeah, it was a year before I graduated. So right at the end of my, um, at the end of my co-op terms, uh, started, started Claire event. And that was like, what a great experience because it taught me so much of the business side, which you don't learn at all, or very little bit in in the engineering uh, degree at UBC, at least. So there's we had one class uh, at UBC, which taught us some, uh, some of the healthcare economics stuff. But kind of doing a deep dive into this, it was a lot of self-learning of how to start a medical device company, and um, luckily had a lot of good mentors, some from Cosmic, and lot of a lot of it from connections through cosmic getting all these like business mentors and then ubc also had a program um entrepreneurship at ubc which really supports this kind of stuff so people coming from a more research background and jumping into business so there's a lot of learning that had to be done right when uh, i started claire event but uh, i'm so glad i did it because in relation to what my degree was teaching me it was like i was getting a separate MBA style degree on the side. Um, so, but yeah, going, so then after that, after I was done co-op, going back and into my final year of engineering, a lot of it is, at least what I noticed in fourth year, there are like the technical electives and a lot of technical courses still, but a lot of it starts focusing on um, like development and development cycles and like how to get a device to market. Um, so there is a bit of entrepreneurship focus and business focus, not a lot still, but I felt like I had done so much of that learning in the past summer where I found my fourth year super easy after that. <laughs> There's, uh, a lot of the stuff that, yeah, a lot of the stuff that they were teaching us in final year was I learned in like a four month period of working on Claire event. Um, Besides the technical stuff, obviously, but uh, more just on the commercialization side.
1: So it was, yeah, great experience. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of How It's Med. If you liked what you heard, the best way to support us is to go to your podcast platform, be it Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, whatever you like, and to give us a rating and a recommendation or a comment so that others can best find us. If you can't do that, then we'd really appreciate it if you could share your favorite episode with those that you care about and who you think would find our work interesting.
2: Till next time.